Welcome back to the last row podcast. It's been a while oh, since man. you heard that one, bad way, right? Yeah, yeah. We gotta get the piad going, yeah. <laughs> get welcome back to the piad, everybody. This is episode one fourteen. If you're looking for us on the web, our website is thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, social media, Facebook at the Last Row Prod. Pretty much anywhere you're looking. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you know, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you're enjoying the show. Welcome every new listener to the show, and welcome back all long-time listeners. We just got finished wrapping up Predator Month, and we got some good feedback on that. And one thing that we have to do, and we've got to do this here, is talk about long-time listeners. We got to give a shout-out to one of the, the original Last Row listeners, UK Lee. Lee, 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 We're talking UK Lee. <laughs> and, and, you know, Lee, way back in 2016, and I don't know how we forgot to mention this, but Lee sent us a picture of this incredible Predator costume that he made. And I think he said it took him about three months to make this thing. And he sent us this picture, and it is awesome. Yeah, and movie, I don't know how... <laughs> movie quality, it was. It was. And I don't know how we forgot to mention this. So, Lee, if you're out there and you're okay with us posting this picture, we'd love to, to share it with the other listeners so they can see what a cool costume it was and it was perfect for yeah. predator month and we'll kind of close it out with that but thanks for sharing that yeah. with us if you want to if you want to share with the people your shredded abs yeah please please give us permission <laughs> jacked, we'll, po- we'll post your picture and jacked muscles pythons yeah. but no thanks for sending that and, and it is movie style quality there and uh you know we've been busy lately so we've been tied up in some of our other jobs that we've been doing and projects, we've been, if you will projects and you know as a lot of you know and maybe some of you have found our show through some of the terry silver and cobra kai stuff that we've been done been doing cobra kai season five just dropped and we've been doing a lot of partnerships with some of our awesome friends out there so i just want to give a shout out to to ken cole who we've been partnering a lot on some of the ken casts uh we'll put some links to the the, the ken cast in the show description we just got done doing a seven hour marathon wow. live stream prior to the release of cobra kai season five <laughs> It was an epic marathon, but we had some awesome guests there. We got a chance to talk to Sean Kanan, Mike Barnes, Karate's bad boy himself, mm. Sensei William Christopher Ford. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. There was so many other guests too, and I also did a we did a show with Peter from Cobra Kai Companion for Cobra Kai season five prop bet. So I'll put a link to that in the notes too. But been a little busy, and also wanted to watch that season before the show got spoiled for us. So hopefully you guys avoided the leaks and the spoilers, but. Man, it's 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 been fun, but a uh, little unprepared this Crazy. week. Yeah, and uh, when you say we, it's really Drew has been <laughs> spearheading this Cobra Kai campaign, and he's done a great job, and um, I, uh, I'm i very proud of him. And <laughs> Drew was on for seven hours. I was on <laughs> for one hour, maybe, max. Um, but it was an honor to do with with all those guys. And, awesome. uh, and I'm proud of Drew for, for stepping out and giving Lastro a shout-out in the Cobra Kai scene. And uh, I think it's it's getting us some um, some uh, extra extra views and extra listeners, which is always appreciated. Hopefully, they can uh, take their love of Cobra Kai and they found us and will uh, follow us on to uh, ridiculous action movies and family movies from the nineties <laughs> and eighties and two thousands. Yeah, th- thanks to everybody that definitely jumps to our show and is also a listener of of all of those other shows. We've gotten some great interaction in the chat and. You know, I got the live stream bug bad way. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun. And and I, I know we've talked about incorporating it for our show. We have some YouTube subscribers now. I know this shows out also on YouTube, but want to get into some of the video stuff and we'll probably do some more live streams coming up. Just it's been a lot of fun and we've met so many great people through this process and 
just thanks to everybody that's included us. We've had a blast and, and looking forward to doing it more. Yeah. So uh, having said all that, long story short, because Drew tends to take short story long, I'll say that we have no movie for you this week, but we still wanted to give you the good content, you people. You people need the good content. So we wanted to put something out. So we decided to um, re, what would you say? Just to reinvestigate our old episodes and villain scale, the villains that did not get a proper villain scale before it was even invented by us. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit later as, as we always do. Hashtag we'll get to that later. But yeah, first and foremost, Drew, I mean, how are you? I mean, it's been a while. I mean, uh, we we haven't really co- communicated that much, uh, hence the lack of the podcast this week with a movie. But we did do something together this very morning, Saturday the 10th, as of re- uh, recording time. We went to a toy convention, Drew. Thank you for the invitation, my friend. Yeah. I, I'm down to go toy hunting, just like, yeah. what is it, Jordan Belfort? What, what was yeah. that show on the Travel <laughs> Channel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to a toy convention. I thought that it would be cool to just like, really describe that for the people and uh, just as a way for me and you to chat about it because we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. And I thought that this platform would, would be cool to like yeah. briefly to go through that. So uh, what did you think of the con? What did you, what were you looking for? And what did you have growing up uh, yeah. to kind of like, you know, lead you on your hunt? Today? So I have found my way into collecting and, and you, whoever's out there, you can say these are crappy or not crappy. I don't know, but I've collected my way into collecting the McFarlane DC multiverse toy line. I don't know how I got started. I think it was like, there was a Batman figure that I saw. And I think I go to one of the local comic shops here and they had them there. So I started collecting those and I've been on the hunt for this killing joke Joker where he has the, the camera and you can't find it anywhere. So I was hoping that when you invited me to it, that I would be able to find that there. And yeah. Unfortunately, I was hoping to. I did not, but that's okay. People out there, if you have the Killing Joke Joker that Drew was talking about, please hit us up and he'll pay you buco bucks to well, uh, buy, take that off your hands. But that's the other thing. I don't want to pay like $800 on eBay well, for it or even 80. Like I'm, I'm stingy about it. I don't want to pay that much. Well, as Triple H says, Drew, you got to play the game. Yeah, I know. You got to play the, the game. game you play. Everybody has a price. <laughs> and everybody has a price. As a wise uh, man once said. Yeah. What about you? So yeah, I went there. I'm Mr. Cheapskate. I go in there not expecting to spend money. I just I, I go for the fun of it, thrill the hunt, as as they say. Had they had a like a, a technodrome from the old school uh, turtles days, I might have been. But where am I going to put that? When I put that on my mantle, what am I going to do? With How the much are you willing to pay for the technodrome, and what is it worth? I feel like the, it's it's worth like a thousand dollars, and I would pay like maybe forty. Like in box or, or or loose? Loose. Give me like loose, but I, but I, bucks, I, you I, think? I need to have the parts. I gotta have the eyeball, Drew. Yeah, you don't have an eyeball, then it's not worth it. That's the kind of thing that'll have like gunk on it. It'll the oh, stickers yeah. will be all like it'll peeling be so, off. Yeah. You, you got to fig bath it. You have to fig bath. And and especially with like the plastic, it'll be all be yeah. like melting. But did and you didn't? I didn't see that there today. Did you? No, I didn't. No, I saw some some major play sets, but not not the Technodrome, not the sewer from the Turtles. I didn't see yeah. the Ghostbusters house. I didn't see that. Although there was an early bird entry, and it's possible that some of the some of the good stuff was. I'm sure that's what happened. Door. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some cool stuff though, and it's funny. I didn't buy anything for myself. I bought what three or four of my little ponies for, for my daughter. Yeah, for, that's yeah, what for I rolled daughter, out. Daughter, yeah, with. may or may not exist. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a couple a of those, but no. I mean, there was some cool stuff. Like I I went in there thinking that, like I don't know if I think about some of my favorite toy lines growing up, like and what I was hoping to see there. Like I saw. 
I always grew up and I think about like, I'll tell you in chronological order as I grew up, like I was thinking like, okay, I like Ghostbusters. Like that was everyone that listens to this knows that. I also liked a lot of the Ninja Turtles toys. And then I got into Power Rangers and they had a ton of Power Rangers toys there, which was cool to see because I haven't seen them in a while. And for some reason I can't find them in my, in my parents' house. So I don't know if I still have them. Yeah. I felt like the, the, the con was pretty much dominated by DC stuff. And Power Ranger stuff. And the Marvel Legends, too, and yeah. Star Wars, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And then, you know, I don't know, like, I, I really like the Ghostbusters, but the only things that they had there that I, I noticed was the, there was a couple figures of the Hasbro re- re-release, but they were, like, insanely overpriced. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're not a, you, you can't, you can't, you don't want to pay vintage prices, and I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to see more Thundercats, honestly. I found a few loose ones, but I didn't see the lair. I didn't see the truck. No, I had the truck, and I, I would play with the thing all day. The Thunder and tank? I, I didn't see any. I didn't see any Swords of Omens. I didn't see any of that. I saw none of Cops. I was a big Cops guy. I don't know if you guys C-O-P-S? know about C.O.P.S. I forget what the acronym stands for, but they were like futuristic cops, and I, I had all those toys. Didn't see any of those. Ghostbusters, very few Ghostbusters I was surprised by. Like nothing, not even yeah, like the new retro much. stuff. There was only the three. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. There's a decent amount of turtle stuff. A lot of the, a lot of the, what is that? Neko? Is that what it's called? The Neko. Neko Neca? toys. Yeah. A lot of the re-release stuff, some vintage stuff, not a ton. And um, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see much of those. So I was kind of like disappointed in that aspect of, from my personal childhood, but it was still cool to see the stuff. I was impressed by a, a lot, a lot of the booths had video game stuff, Nintendo yeah. things. I, you know, I, Thought for a split second about buying an old Nintendo, but it was too dirty for me. Clean yeah. the thing up, and maybe I'll buy it for a hundred. How much was it? It's like one hundred twenty. See, I feel like the not to not to place us, but there's a vintage video video game place downtown where we live. I bet you it probably cheaper there. I bet you yeah, they have and it. Plus, like it was dirty. Like I'm not gonna buy your dirty Nintendo, people. Like, get, <laughs> like clean it up it out. first. It's got cat yeah. hair in it and yeah. stuff. I don't care if it works. Like great if it works, but like I'm not gonna bring a dirt box to my house, guys. <laughs> <laughs> clean it up and maybe I'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was there was some some grimy stuff there. What, yeah. Looking at it, like a lot of the loose figures. Like, yeah, you got to fig bath them. Some some of them put were put in in some some nice like plastic bags and stuff, and they were good and they cleaned them up. Like one of the things that I saw, thought was cool was the superpowers line, the old school DC ones that they they're making re- like retro versions of them now. I think those yeah. are cool, and I used to collect those as a kid, and like. I had a lot of the Batman 89 figures, like the Michael Keaton ones. I saw a bunch of yeah, those. me too. I didn't see a lot of X-Men or McFarlane Spawn no. toys, but I no, had yeah. those too. Like I still have some here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th- those were cool. And then like you and I talked about this, but like other collectibles, like what else did you, were you looking to see? Well, it's funny. I was looking for horror characters just to see. And one of the first booths I went across, like talk about Predator Month, Drew. Yeah, there was this table that had a like a row of very high quality predators, all awesome. different styles of predator too. Some specific to Predator One and Predator Two. Some maybe from the comics that had the different styles and hierarchy of predators. All super super detailed. Just a little bit out of my price range. It's like, how do you pick one? They're all sixty plus dollars. Yeah, and it'd be weird if I just had one. So I feel like. If I got one, it would be the slippery slope of me having 30 Predators in my house. <laughs> you need the LA Lakers uh, yeah. Predator team, the hunting party, yeah. whatever they yeah. said from Danny Glover exactly. from last week. Yeah. So, but I was super impressed by like the 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 niche. I'm sure that there's a ton of Predator collectors out there, hence that they even make all these different variants. 
but you know, I was I was I was very impressed by those. They were really cool, and they were big too. Like it wasn't yeah. rinky dink ones. They were no, yeah. what, they, it was almost like almost like eighteen inch tall or something. Yeah. They were huge, and they were cool, like good super quality detailed. stuff. Super detailed. I think Diamond makes those or something, yeah. but they were With they like were really cool. Adjustable heads and masks and stuff. Really awesome stuff. Yeah, really really cool. I I also I don't know if thinking about stuff that that I had growing up. You ever hear of Visionaries? They had like uh, holograms no. like on their chest and stuff. It was no. cool. And then I didn't see any Earthworm Jim stuff or Street nope. Sharks, and I was expecting. I saw to Street see Sharks. I, I didn't you? tell you. I did see I some Street it. Sharks. There were a couple. Yeah. I, ha- I have Earthworm Jim toys here right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Street Sharks were out of the box. What I found, what my takeaway, and we we talked about this while we were there, and it's kind of funny, is the the play sets. At the time, they're like the most epic thing you could get as a gift, and it's like special occasion. Oh, you're going to get, I don't know, uh, the turtle sewer for your birthday. Or Christmas, you're gonna get the firehouse and the firehouse. I, I, you know, all due respect to the firehouse and the Technodrome and things like that. But like some of the He-Man stuff, like yeah. the layers and Castle like, Grayskull, it's just plastic. You look yeah. at it like they had some of those standing. They're huge things. They're like if you're a kid, it's like almost as tall as you. They you know, are it's three feet tall. But it's it's all it is is it's a, a large hunk of plastic. That's all it is. And they're, they have the gall to charge you sixty dollars retail in the, in 1988. Yeah, you know it's true. Yeah, it is true. And and I think when you think about some of the other stuff, like I remember having the the Batcave from Batman 1989, and it was cool because it had this like rotating TV screen on it, where it had like mm-hmm. the Joker on it and stuff like that. And it was mostly plastic. It wasn't huge, but mm-hmm. it was good. And then even the firehouse, when you think about the Ghostbusters firehouse, like. Yeah it wasn't just a piece of plastic. Like it had rooms. It had the spinning fire pole. Like there was mm-hmm. accessories to it, which yeah. I thought was really cool. But like, I don't know, think about like my daughter right now, like you got her that awesome ponies play set. And like, I'm thinking about yeah. like, she went over the moon when you got her that, mm-hmm. that like last year yeah. or whatever. And she was nuts. I'm like, that's the equivalent of the Technodrome to her. Yeah. Kids love to have the big things, but even if there's not much to them, like, yeah, to your point, the firehouse had a couple things going for it. The Technodrome was, I think, the best it was cool. play set to have from that era. Because it but, opened up, yeah. right? But some of the He-Man stuff, it's like it's just hunks of plastic and like mountains. It's like there's not much to it. <laughs> and I'm thinking back to uh the the I forget the name of it, but the Thundercats layer. I had that as well. Yeah. It looks pretty badass, but all it is is just a front-facing thing. There's nothing really behind it. There's like a maybe a there's like a cell or something, but really it's just it's just a front facing thing. There's not much to it to play with other than I have their home now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's kind of it's, looking back on it. Not as cool as, you know, but who am I, who am I to tell, you know, eight year old me what's cool and what's not. Was there anything that you were hoping to see today that you didn't see? Like that was, like, that was exactly disappointing. it. Some of the layers. I didn't see a Technodrome. I didn't see a, a Thundercats layer uh, or really Thundercats in general. I was really hoping to, I was I was hoping to have someone try to talk me into buying some of that stuff, and it wasn't even there for an opportunity. Also, I wanted cards, and not just baseball cards, but I wanted movie cards of yes. like, you know, every movie back in like the late '80s, early '90s had trading card sets to go with them, like Batman Forever, like they- Batman Forever, uh, or Ghostbusters Two, whatever it may be. There was a trading card that you could uh, packs that you could buy with them. I didn't see any of those, other than there was like. One booth that had T2 cards. And uh, I think there was like a couple Batman packs as well. But I, yeah. I, I would have bought some, like if there were Ghostbuster cards, I would have bought the whole damn box. And those honestly. are cool in that yeah. they they were so cool as a kid because you got different pictures of the movie and stuff. But it's funny because like I had Mortal Kombat trading cards, but they weren't like cards of the character. It was mm-hmm. like 
the card was Liu Kang's fireball. And it's like a uh-huh. screenshot of the video game of him yeah. doing a fireball. And there's like nothing to it. But like, I ate that crap up as a kid. I loved it. Yeah, it's because the internet didn't exist. So we couldn't look up screenshots of, of the Liu Kang fireball. But if you yeah. had a picture of it in your hand, you had it. You could look at it anytime you wanted to. Yeah. Well, it's like you could play the game, but like I kind of wanted the cards. But could you could you freeze frame that game? No, no you couldn't. And and you speaking couldn't. of cards, right? Like we we just released our Terry Silver card, so go check it out on our Instagram page at the Last Row Pod, and and on on our uh, I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. But I had the Marvel trading cards, which I thought were awesome, and I didn't see them there, and I have an entire box of them here. I'll, yeah, I'll those, take some pictures. And those are huge now on the resale market. I'm surprised yeah. there weren't there weren't booths with cards. Like I was really disappointed Minor. by the lack of overall cards. Mine are in very, very, very good condition right now. Like, I don't know that they'd be like graded like 9.9, but they're really good. Like, yeah. I've kept them very well and I put them in binders now. So I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, was there any last, maybe last question was, was there anything that you, that you saw today that you'd have bought if money was no object? Hmm. I'll have to say, I mean, I probably would have gone wrestling figures maybe. Yeah. Uh, that I think that's a that's a good collection to have, especially some of the the vintage ones. But like there was on card Hulk Hogan two hundred forty five dollars on card Razor Ramon two hundred fifty dollars. That's crazy. No chance in hell, Vince McMahon that 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 I'm going to pay that money. But <laughs> what I like even loose, you know, some of the some of the characters I had as a kid, I would have liked to re re recreate my own collection for one. Yeah. But those, some of those wrestling figures have just gone for way too much. It's ridiculous. It's too much. Too high. It's, the the too wrestling high. fans are too crazy. They'll pay it. They'll pay it. Too they, high. Ru- they ruin it for us regular folks. Too high. Way too high. I had a blast at that thing. Thanks for inviting me. Like, I don't really get a chance to do that much. Like, I go to the same store quite a bit, like, every week. But it was fun to see stuff in booths from, like, people all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was cool. There was a lot of stuff there that I didn't think I would see. You know, mm-hmm. I wish I would have had more time and, and whatnot. But it, it was cool. We should definitely do that again. But, yeah. Yeah, so... Somehow we made it like 70 episodes in where we didn't actually have a villain scale. And we talked about those cards a little bit. And we were getting some messages through Instagram. I know Ross has been hitting us up. And he wrote us a message on on one of our posts. And he and I were corresponding through through Instagram a little bit. We were just chatting about maybe rescaling or redoing some of the old villains that we yes. had from from previous episodes. And like I said, it's 70 episodes that we didn't really have an official one. And I'll just read you one of Ross's comments because I think he makes a good makes a good few good points. So he said, "I still maintain that Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat '95 tops Terry Silver. I think look and style is better. Seven out of five. <laughs> His hideout has to be higher. He has a whole island, and that tower is five out of five. His plan is just okay. He's handcuffed to the rules, and he didn't really have a solid way to work around them. Four out of five. And the henchman. Well, how do you top Scorpion, Sub Zero, and Goro? Five out of five. I have some. I I don't want to poke holes in this, There's but some I have some thoughts on but, uh, Scorpion Sub Zero. But it's a fair argument. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think you know Ross, thank you for for writing into us for this idea because we've been talking about it a lot, and I think you you finally inspired us to do this. So today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna start back, all the way back. Get your time machine out, Bowie. Get get your roller coaster from uh, episode sixty nine, Time Cop. Get get your time, get in the roller coaster, call up the TEC, make sure that they know that history changed. And oh, yeah, they never know. They're not going to believe They never believe the guy when he comes back. They never believe. But we're going going all the way back to December 1st, 2014, the debut of the Last Row podcast. Wow. 
Um, we're going all the way back to episode one. We're going to talk a little bit about Coach Jack Riley from the Mighty Ducks today, and we're going to yeah, so, give him a proper rating. So our plan, long story short, is to villain scale the villains that we talked about in previous episodes that the villain scale just didn't exist back then. So we want to give yeah. them a proper rating and throw them in the scale. So um, if we have an off episode like this where we didn't have time to watch a movie, we'll at least scale these villains in chronological order, starting from our released episodes, our, our release dates, which this is episode one. Not only will we be doing this podcast form, but hopefully in, in live stream form on YouTube. So look out in the future for some YouTube content uh, tackling a lot of these villains. And maybe we'll have guests on to help us scale as well. So that's uh, some some nice, cool, exciting stuff. Look forward to in uh, the future of the Last Rose YouTube channel coming soon. But how about we dive into Jack Riley? Huh? Oh, yeah. So if you guys are new to the show and you don't know about our villain scale, we have an objective patented Last Row villain scale that we, we put people through. There's four major categories. There's look, look slash style, one to five, hideout slash layer, plan, and henchman. And then we give them total up and it's out of 20. So that way we can rate things against each other. So you can find out how Dorian Tyrell from The Mask ranks against M. Bison from Street Fighter, who ranks against the Superstorm from the day after tomorrow. <laughs> so... You know, now that we, and it's our duty to do this, like we, we're, we're obligated now, we've got to do this. So let, let's yeah. start with Jack Riley. And I know you got some thoughts on this guy. And the first category that we got to talk about is look or style. Like yeah. what, what is this guy packing here? So whenever I think of Riley, I think of his jacket, right? That's the first thing that comes to mind is that Hawks jacket. Would you call it a bomber jacket? Like, I don't even know the true definition of a bomber jacket. It's like a varsity slash bomber jacket mm -hmm. you know it, it has the suede it, it looks like a suede coach's jacket but it also mm -hmm. has the collar of a bomber jacket you yeah. know i don't know the definition but it looks like a combo mm -hmm. if, if that's what you're if that's and what then, you're yeah, when you pop the collar on it i mean that just brings it to a whole other level the other thing i think about when i when i first think about him is the hairstyle which is very i don't know early 90s dad style <laughs> 1992. It's kind of parted in such a way that it looks like a toupee. And for all we know, it is a toupee. <laughs> but it's very perfect, right? Salt and pepper. Yeah. A little bit of salt and pepper. A little gray, a little gray action. A little uh, grayish, if you will. Um, snapping the gum. Snapping that gum like he's going to beat you. Because he's going to beat you. <laughs> but is that a plus point or a minus point? Like, the snapping the gum... Does that make him more evil or less yeah, it, or like it, more it annoying? It ups the villain pointage for sure. I want to punch him, and it's a negative in real life. But <laughs> you're not about if, to snap. If, if you have gum. gum, just chew the damn gum. There's no reason to snap it. Don't open your mouth. All right, just, just don't do it. Not in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, those are the key characteristics. What do you think? Like, what else is there? Not, I, am, I, am I missing something? Or? We got to talk about. So I don't know if this goes under him. I'm going to say that it's him. Because yeah. the coach sets the tone for the team, and with that logo on his jacket and the sweet bomber jacket style, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna lump in the Hawks jerseys under this section because I feel like the logo of the team and the Hawks like style of the team, like that those black jerseys with the white uh, line and the and the, the the blue text and the logo mm -hmm. of the Hawk. Like, I think he defined yeah. the look of the team. I, I'm yeah. going to just pretend that he did. And maybe I'm misremembering, but doesn't the logo, isn't the eye blue? It's it's red, I think. And or is it red? I think, and the and you you have a sweatshirt of this, I right? do have a sweatshirt as well, yes. I think um, the words are blue, but it, it's 
it's badass, right? I could have like, yeah, sworn cool. the eyeball was a color, the hawk's eye. And maybe it's blue. I so, maybe I'm wrong. So you're giving him credit for the logo. So we know he's been coaching since at, at least 1970. Yes, at least. Do you think that logo has gone through any changes since 1970? And if so, he would be certainly they'd ask him his his opinion on it, right? It looks vintage, but it but I guess in 1992 it didn't look vintage, yeah. so maybe it looks now. But I think so, it it's got good style to it. If we're if we're basing this on precedent of coaching, we know that District Five turned into the Mighty Ducks through Gordon Bombay. It was his idea, his his um vision, his design, yes. right? So. We're going to also assume those rules applied back in 1970 when when uh, when Riley, Coach Riley, took over the team. And maybe it was even in the 60s. Who knows? And he goes, listen, District 4, District 3, wherever the hell they are, we're now the Hawks. And here's the logo. <laughs> and I know it's great. Print them. Like so, he drew it up in his Yeah, in he his, drew like, it up with his protractor and he had the thing and everything. <laughs> yeah, the thing. drafting table and everything. Yeah, he had a drafting table. He had his bifocals <laughs> on. It was a whole thing. And he came in and he goes, listen, District 2. We're now the Hawks. Don't you dare call us District 2. We're the effing Hawks, and we're about to win some 30 championships. I, I think this guy has some some good style to me, in my yeah. opinion. Between yeah. the team. It's it's good asshole style. Yes. It's got to be. This, to me, is at least a four, in my opinion. Yeah. I was like, thinking I want to give him a five, but I don't know. I, what, you, mm, I don't, well, I'm not ready to give him a five, but I think a four is more than fair. Maybe, maybe it's not a five because he's still wearing like dad clothes. Like he doesn't have like costumes. Yeah. Like when you think about Wolf no. Dentist Stanson, Stanson mm-hmm. from Mighty Ducks 2, who I'm pretty sure has a ponytail mm-hmm. and it's a wet ponytail, then yeah. that's a five to me. Like, I can't wait till yeah. we get to him. He's not wearing a gold chain. He doesn't have one earring yes. in his ear. He doesn't, like his coat is very, um, I don't know, men's store, men's department. <laughs> his wife bought it. And he's yeah. just wearing it because he doesn't know how to shop for his coat own clothes. Factory. Yeah, it's very generic coat, like a outer coat. Not, London fog. Yeah. yeah. But what about? So do we do we add anything for the accent? So he talks like a Texas football coach, mm. which he's in. I'm pretty sure Minnesota. Yeah, it's Minnesota. It doesn't fit at all. I think we that, talked about this. Even if he was a transplant too. from the 70s, what is he? Yeah, you know, he. You know, you think you would have lost the Texas accent in 20 and 30 years, right? I think we did. We talk about that in episode. It's been a. It's been what eight years. Yeah, I don't even years, recall. Guys. So who knows? <laughs> it may so be a yeah, four. I'm gonna hold it against him. Yeah, and I think you you nailed it. It's a four. It's, the only reason it's not a five is because it doesn't have any extra flair. There's no yeah. flashiness. There's no over the top. This this effing guy. There's no this effing guy. Dot 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 to him. It's more of just you see it. Classic, uh, kids movie. Coach bully. And he checks all those boxes. When when we get to Wolf the Dentist Stanson, I it's gonna be a good one. Yeah. I can't wait. I forgot yeah. that's like episode twenty something, but that'll be good. So okay, so we're giving him a four. And I agree with your your reasoning as well. So now is hideout in his lair, right? We don't we don't see it all. I'm mm-hmm. curious what you'll pick here. Well, yeah. what do you what are you feeling so far? So like do you have a number that you're thinking and then you he, qualify? It's hard it because first? we'll have to talk it out because he gets the ice rink, right? Yeah, I mean, it's clearly his turf. That's a, that's his turf, right? I mean, we I don't think we know the name of the rink. Uh, they may have shown like an outside picture of it, but it's not important to the story. But it's a pretty dark ice rink. The lights are dimmed in such a way to make it look like MSG. Like, it's really nice. We don't see his house. For all we know, he doesn't have a house. He sleeps he in, that in ice the rink. He might sleep in the ice rink. Or his car. Yeah, he, might, he, he probably sleeps in his office. He's watching film. How do you win 25 straight championships? You don't go home. <laughs> 
Do you think he has a wife? Do you think he has a wife? You think he's he's divorced, right? Didn't he have like a like a college ring too? Like I I don't know if that's his wedding ring. So we didn't talk about that in his style, but like some kind of championship looking ring. It's some ring, but I don't think he's married. They never said. So to your point, like yeah, I forget he doesn't go home. I forget looking. I didn't look at his left hand to see if he had a ring on it or not. But I feel like he's divorced, and it's because of the hockey. She's yelled at him about stop pushing these kids, and he's like, "Damn it! Like I need winners." And that's loser talk. He probably told his wife he that she has loser she's talk. A loser. Yeah. She didn't want to win hard enough. No, she didn't want it. She didn't want this marriage. Well, so I mean, she divorced him. And hockey is the football of Minnesota, so it's yeah. like you can't fault him for for taking it that seriously, even at the pee wee level. It's mm-hmm. this is his life, and yeah. he's been winning championships since 1970, at least, like you said. They showed the banners on the wall. It was like mm-hmm. at least 20 of them. It's crazy. But, it, but like part of that bleeds into the plan. So let's just let's, all right. Let's stick with the hideout. If it's just the ice rink, and I, I'm going to assume he doesn't have a home, he, he's getting <laughs> I was between a two and a three. I'll let you tie break. I think I think I would go two here because yeah. let's. I'm I'm going to counterpoint you. Right? Is it his ice rink or is it the town's ice rink? The because town's ice rink, but he effing owns it. He owns the, it, man. I mean, his his name's all over the wall. I yeah, guess he yeah. owns he that owns place. He owns the damn place, right? But he doesn't actually own it. And let's say he no. got fired. Like he yeah. can't say, this is my ice rink. I'm taking it with mm. me. Like, you know, no. he can't shut no. it down for people. No. So I but think he owns it. It's his. I, I kind of want to go too, because two. it, it, as much as I want it to be a three, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it, we can go three. His name's not on the deed. No, it's not. He doesn't yeah. own the place. Yeah. He owns the place, but he doesn't own the place. So, okay. So what about his plan? Cause this is where the meat and potatoes are. So as yeah. He, as uh, he would was- say. So we talk about him, you know, hating loser talk, and he's probably divorced because of it. And it's like, this is his life. The freaking eight-year-old's Drew. Yeah. It's peewee yeah. hockey. They yeah. barely keep scoring peewee hockey. <laughs> I mean, he won. Didn't he beat the district, whatever they, district five, like 18 to nothing? Yeah. The first game. So they yeah. kept that score. Embarrassing kids. He kept um, that score. He's out there embarrassing these kids. He just wants to win. So what? So if you had to sum up his plan, what would you say his plan was? I have to say that his his job is to well, his plan is a couple things. I think the most direct thing is to basically mold winning hockey players mm-hmm. and cement his legacy. But actually, I think he cares more about winning than he cares about actually coaching these kids. Because if he yeah. cared about the kids, he wouldn't have told Gordon you're going to let the team down if you miss this shot. Cause it's yeah. about, he wants to win personally. He wants to be the best coach of all time. Mm-hmm. And, and that is at all costs. Yeah. And he has techniques for that too, which is, there's a very specific technique that you pointed out, which I think is interesting, right? He he's not above cheating. He's the John crease no. of hockey. Oh yeah. He, uh, he is a master gerrymanderer. <laughs> if that's a word, he's like redrawing the district yeah, lines. He's, redrawing, right? he's been redrawing the district lines for, for years, getting the best players on his team. He's like, he's just squiggling the line on the map wherever wherever it follows that, oh, Banks Banks lives outside of my line. Eh, let's move this line over here now. And then, oh, those on Banks is a hawk. He's been doing that for years. I bet you Gordon Bombay shouldn't have never been a hawk. I got, you know what? I got to get, I got to respect it, man. Yeah. I got to respect it. I mean, you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? Yeah. I got to respect it. It took a hotshot lawyer like Gordon Bombay to get himself liquored up and lose his license and, and have to do some <laughs> community service. To figure it out and say, hey, this guy's been freaking cheating this whole time. He, he exposed him. Yeah. He exposed him. And I, I, I mean, I, but look, I'll give him credit for that because who's gerrymandering eight-year-olds? That's smart. <laughs> Think about it. Like most, like you said, they're barely keeping score. This guy, yeah. he's, he's gerrymandered for 30 years probably. 
And he's got all the best players. He's got at least 30 championships. He certainly succeeded in that he has a legacy. Like he's probably the most successful coach at a peewee yeah. level in the United States. Yep. Maybe even Canada. Who knows? Yeah, like I said, he's he's out for himself, which I'm gonna give him bonus points for versus the kids, because he doesn't give care if he's like molding the future of Adam Banks, etc. He just wants the banners. The kids are disposable, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So what do you think here? I mean, well, there's one thing that we forgot. Hmm. We forgot one thing, and we didn't we didn't talk about it. It's it's outside of the plan, and it's probably his tactics. But he he not only psychologically torments children, he also does it to adults. So he he gets in hmm. Gordon Bombay's head, and I gotta gotta say, like the way that he talked about the second place banner, he's like, I wish they'd take that one down, don't you? Yep. Like he didn't that have to bring is, it up. I mean, that's that yeah. is torment, and that is like I'm talking. Kind of like Terry yeah. Silver level of, of yeah. torturing people. Yeah. Bombay, and Gordon is messed up because of it. Bombay is the one, in his eyes, the one reason he doesn't have a perfect championship record yeah. for some, from 70, 1970 to 1992 or whatever this movie is, 91 or whatever. And uh, yeah, he, he took it took him less than a minute from meeting Bombay as an adult to rub it in his face. And, and not only is that, his personal philosophy is it isn't worth winning if you can't win big. Yeah. So it's how true. are you not going to give this guy at least a four here? If he's going to win the game two to one, that's a loss. That's right. He doesn't he better, want he that. Win at least five to one. It's a room for error margin, yeah. and he, he's not above also physically injuring children. Right. Oh, yeah. He he wants yep. them to play dirty. In fact, mm-hmm. he did it such a good job of indoctrinating people with this plan that mm-hmm. Gordon Bombay was also teaching that thirty yep. years later. It's because what it's all he knew. It's that's all he, all he knew. knew. Yep. That was what he did. So. I got to tell you, you know like this guy's pretty successful. It took his own student to like get so psychologically messed up to beat him. And honestly, the Hawks probably still should have won. They lost Banks. If yeah. Banks was still a Hawk, they'd have probably won anyway. Sure, sure. I, that, now, that was a flaw, but. I, I probably talked about this uh, way back in the day, but. In 2014. <laughs> yeah, 2014. For a refresher, you guys. I mean, I've had I've had this type of coach. Without, without the championship pedigree. <laughs> Right, born was loser. This, was born this loser. The uh, basketball. Oh, okay. So born, uh, born loser. Possible alcoholic. Uh, yelling at eight year olds that they're not doing the right thing. And I also had the other coach, you know, from another league that was like the best coach, and he was an actual role model to us all, and he was a great guy. And he only swore during the playoffs when we had a bad first half performance, but he wasn't swearing at us. He was swearing to motivate us. And it's like, he, it's like he saved us. It's like a PG 13 movie. If you yeah, say, you save the F bomb, it's as it's more effective. It's more you effective, right? He made the F bomb effective. He waited till the playoffs to use it on us. And we didn't win. You know, we came out there. We got, <laughs> we got blown out in the second half. We, we got outclassed, <laughs> but like, I appreciate it. Like, all right, man, this is cool. He's got some fire. Yeah. And I got to say that the positive is better than the negative. So like, I don't. I don't agree. Like, yeah, he's winning championships, but these kids. He's 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 got a lot of hate, and I'm surprised he's not dead. But he doesn't. Kids didn't come back to get him. But he doesn't care that that's the case, right? So his plan is to succeed his legacy and win championships, and he's succeeded at all of that. He doesn't care about the damage that he leaves in his wake. True. All I'm saying is he's lucky he 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 dodged some bullets. Is all I'm saying after the fact. Some people yeah. coming to get him from damaged for damaged youth. I mean, hey, maybe Gordon Bombay to hit him drunk driving or something and taking yeah. him out. Like for all we know, we don't know what happened to him after. Maybe maybe a student did take him out after this whole thing. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I I think he probably died after after the events of Money Ducks one. I haven't watched the show, by the way. I know there's like a a new show on the Disney Plus streaming yeah. service, but I haven't watched it, so I, I'm not gonna. We're not I have no idea if know. they acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. So I so are you not gonna give him a five? Because I kind of want to give him a five, but maybe I'll go four it, instead. It worked for so long. That's the thing. You got to give him credit, man. Yeah. Mm. I mean, do you want me to give you other people that have fives, and and will that help you decide In plans? Yeah, I'll tell okay. you. Okay, okay, so and this is from the archives here. So this is yeah. actual archives. So uh, yep. just to give the listeners some some perspective. So some fives. We've only had a few on the show for playing. The, yeah, the first one was Dusty Dinkelman, and, okay. and he had a five. I mean, in just friends. Jamie, Jamie the ambulance. Right? And, you know the whole the whole ambulance stuff. Jamie Palomino. guitarist gig. Pretty exactly. Sweet. Yeah. And then Bennett from Commando had a five because he okay. faked his death and yeah. he was like taking guys out and that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. And then Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat in episode 79 that we did, which was the remake. The remake. He had a 4.5, which is pretty close. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then we also had Catherine Tremell had a five. Of course. Terry Jeez. Silver had a five. Who, of course. He's, of course he's going to have a five. Psychopath. And then the Superstorm had a five from the day after tomorrow. So I don't know. Maybe it's not on the level here. It's like, not a five. Maybe it's a four. I think it's a four. That, that, that helped. That did help me put it in proper perspective. I don't remember why we gave Dinkelman a five, but it was probably deserved because it worked I mean, so long. He, 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 he molded his career around making himself look good to, yeah. to women that he could not properly get in high school. That's five. Yeah, that's yeah. five. And, he, and he, he plays a sweet guitar. Like he, his whole adult life is making up for the fact that he was a pathetic dork in high school. Yeah. And, and because he does it for evil and not for good, makes it a, a, a plan five for edge for True. a, uh, for a villain in a movie. True. I think that's good. And, and Catherine Tramiel was definitely deserved that five. So, okay. Well, this is where I think Riley's going to lose some, some major points here because <laughs> like who are his henchmen? Because he doesn't have muscle and he doesn't really have any sub bosses. He just has so like, hockey goons. Because, but they're like eight year old goons. Like they're not yeah. even like you can't no. send this kid to beat up somebody. No. Like let's so, say a Gordon Bombay comes and tries to murder him from all the psychological trauma. Is he going to send out the eight year old goons to defend him? Like he can't. You know what he needed? He needed a six foot five muscled up assistant coach. Yes, he needed an assistant coach and he, he didn't have it. A silent but intimidating looking assistant coach. Well, think about it. Mighty Ducks 2. Dentist the Wolf Stanson. He's got all yep. of those Icelandic goons that are yep. that are with him. Like that's yeah. That takes it up a notch. Like this and, has to be a one, right? And those the Hawks, if if he's if if his henchmen are just eight year olds to ten year olds, they gotta be doing more to yes. beat up District Five. Outside of the hockey ring, they pulled some pranks. Yeah, no, they we didn't need actually, like, like we need like black eyes and like some serious. You're talking like, like Nancy yeah. Kerrigan style. Yeah, like we need like an injury, get a pipe and bust up their leg. Even though they injured Banks, I mean that's pretty. They bad. did, and which, they injured might, him in the game. It might make it a two for me instead of a Can one. Going two because they injured Banks and like they actually did do some physical harm. Yeah, but that he that that um. That Riley did not do himself. He he made someone else do it. All right, so they so they did something they to did him. Did something, but they on behalf lost. of their master. <laughs> so, but they were so ineffective. I mean, these guys yeah. were punks. Aldi, you can decide. You can. It's decide. a two because they You're actually did injure Banks. All right, I'll but, give. I will give it. We'll yeah. give it a two. 
but right. he he's screaming for a muscle bound assistant coach. That he he needed the well. The assistant coach should have been Gordon Bombay. He should have been his right hand man. He should have coached him up. But I guess he yeah. he resented him so much for that second place banner, yep. and he's a, he's a loser. He can't have a yep. loser there. Yep. And maybe he maybe Jack Riley doesn't want henchmen because they're all losers. Like yeah. he only trusts himself. Yeah. Why can't you coach your own team? Because you're well, you're not good enough. That's, That's what he true. would tell him. So and I don't I don't have really any other qualms with that. We'll, we'll give it a two. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll give it to you. So let, let's see. So let's recap him. So he got a four for look and style, a two for his hideout and his lair, four for four his for plan, plan, yeah, and two for his henchman. Yep. And that gives us what a twelve. That's twelve, a 12. 12 out of twenty here, which is it's pretty respectable. So let's see. So he's right in the range of like Hugo Snyder from Three Ninjas. He's right in the range of Bennett from Commando. He's Killian, Killian from Running Man. These are all murderous people. Yeah, I mean, they all murdered somebody. Maybe, I mean, maybe this guy murdered a kid that we don't even know about. We don't. If it's yeah, off screen, I, I mean, guess we can't. Yeah, I mean, and the, the, you know, there's a lot less press in the '70s and '80s. You know, say there's a kid <laughs> on another team that might, you know, be a trouble. Yeah, maybe the, he he had he had done something about them. He, he's one point ahead of of Emotep himself, the mummy. So. I mean, this is pretty good. I mean, he's he's up there with murderers, and all all, right. all he's doing is being an asshole to kids, and he's got a twelve. I mean, that's when pretty you respectful. psychologically torment children. I mean, that yeah. that gives you some that gives you some yeah. points. So, I mean, that's what I mean. That's what the whole basis of silver is. I mean, he's psychologically yeah. damaging a child, and that's that's the genesis for his entire evil plot. I'd love to relook at that, and how do we not give him a twenty? I don't know. Just I, I look at it again, and I just maybe that deserves no, that's a probably re-look. you know. Hmm. It was the henchman and the the, the hideout, but I don't re- recall why. He, he was missing two points there, and yeah. I, don't, I don't recall it. But either way, he's a perfect score to me. So Yeah, in our hearts. All right, so, yeah, so there's Coach Riley with the 12 out of 20. So that's our uh, first recap of our old school villains that were not villain scaled properly, and we, we, we hope to do them all at some point in the next year or so. Um, upcoming villains that we'll be sca- uh, scoring and most of these should be on some form of stream on YouTube uh, they won't really be dedicated podcast episodes we'll still keep those coming to you as normal so we got Raymond Kalitri from Gone in 60 Seconds uh, Ooh, that's a good one you know a, I can't uh, wait expert woodsman and uh, car collector extraordinaire and marksman you know someone who, who can shoot accurately yeah. while falling I mean uh, he's responsible for one of our favorite movie tropes of of, sh- of shooting up while you're falling to your death <laughs> to try to take somebody out with you you can't go down by yourself <laughs> <laughs> I know when uh, came back. episode three maybe I mean not every episode has a villain so we'll be skipping some maybe we'll do Ted from uh, from Jingle All the Way Phil Hartman we I int- question if he's a villain or not. Yeah, but we int- if we if we're putting Dusty Dinkelman in, he's in, yeah. and they were both. Maybe they're we call we introduced the creep hall of shame for him. If you remember, guys, back yeah. from then. Yeah. But I we could do it. We could do it. Dusty Dusty was actively uh, a pain in Ryan Reynolds' side. Phil Hartman was passively and possibly Fair enough. not even on purpose seducing his wife, and I- it didn't get in the way of him getting the toy. I feel. That's true. Well, let's say this, because maybe Sinbad's actually the villain in that movie, if yeah. you think about it. Well, put it this way. All right, if you guys want Phil Hartman on the villain scale or Sinbad, you let us know. The last podcast at gmail.com. Write in or go. tweet at us. There you go. Uh, also, uh, episode four was our Home Alone 2 episode with Har- Marvin Harry. That's going to be a classic. I mean, I can't wait to do that one. That's St- a good one. You know, Sticky Bandits, and then maybe we'll also do the, the Wet Bandits as well. Uh, we never did Home Alone 1, so no. it might be a future episode. And uh, episode five was Ghostbusters 2. Why not Vigo the Carpathian? Yeah. Um, we, uh, I believe we scaled Vigo in a live stream with Ken. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
I wasn't there, so I'm saying it doesn't count. Ken, we'll get you back for that one. We have yeah. to have Ken on there because I know Ken's a huge Ghostbusters 2 fan, just like we are, and and I think he would be... He, he could help us through through the, the, the scale again. So, no, that, that was fun, man. I, I'm glad that we did that, and hopefully people enjoyed it, and you know, like I always said, we'll, we'll do some more of these coming up. So, we'll just close out. We got a couple emails, and I think it's a good way to maybe close this episode out, but I just want to shout out everybody that, that did send us an email. Thank you guys so much. It's great to hear from everybody. We can't read everything, but we'll try to read some of them. And, and I try to, we try to write back to everyone that writes in. So definitely send them. But, you know, one of the one emails that I wanted to read was from Sam. So Sam wrote us an email and he just said, I really enjoyed Predator Month. And he, he liked the idea of us doing these type of shows. And he said, I'm also a huge Batman fan. So I loved all the 90s Batman movies episodes. And I think you should close it out with a 1989 Batman episode, which we didn't do yet, which would be fun. And he said, I can't remember if you guys recovered, covered it on an episode or not, but he was curious what my Drew's thoughts were on the Batman that came out earlier this year. And he said, the naming of the Batman movies has now entered into Predator territory. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And I'll, I'll tell you, so I'll just say very quickly, Sam, and if you guys are interested, we could do this on a live stream too, but I love the movie. I thought it was great. It was like a five out of five for me on Letterboxd. I think I actually did give it a five out of five on Letterboxd. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and uh, I don't know if you, I'm curious what you thought, Sam, but then he also said, uh, we would do sort of like a predator month, but with airplane movies. <laughs> so executive decision. He said it was up our alley and, and then also air force one. So he yeah. said, tying it in like volcano and Dante's peak. But you know, he also said he gave a five-star review on iTunes. So thanks Sam. Thanks for the email and thanks for the shout out, but it's great to hear from you guys. And I love that Batman movie. And I think that's a good couple of movies that we could do going up here. You know, I threatened the people, I think last episode to give us a five-star review on iTunes and, uh, and, and Sam, he, uh, he thank was, you, Sam. I like that. You like kept that, the show Sam. alive here. Yeah. Otherwise, Bowie was going to quit on me. There would have been so. trouble, Sam, had there not been that <laughs> review. So appreciate it. Uh, we also got a, we also got a, some some action here from Jay. Uh, he wrote us in. I'm going to paraphrase because it's a fairly long email, but uh, I want to touch on some major points. Um, it's basically about a three o'clock high, which um, has been brought up in the past from another uh, a listener or so. And I think um, Eric, right? Eric wrote into us. Yeah, Eric. So um, he writes. So Jay writes, hello, Drew and Badaway, back on episode 100. I heard you guys suggest by subscriber, Eric, for the movie Three O'Clock High. Drew has never seen it, and I'm not sure if Badaway has or not. I have not. But uh, I'd like to back up a suggestion and also uh, plead a case for it. And he goes on to plead a very good case for us doing Three O'Clock High, which, very yes, you won. Case, you win. And we're going to do it very shortly <laughs> uh, within, within the coming uh, month or so. The producers had no faith in it, and the critics gave it a Karate Kid 3-style beatdown right out of the <laughs> gate. But IMDb gave a rating similar to the movie Big. Although despite having a budget three times less and having no big name actors, I'm convinced this movie is a cult classic rather than an 80s classic due to its lack of exposure. It's probably a very true statement because you got to have the star power. I've not seen this. Yeah. I have not seen it. But then he goes on to name the that guys, Drew, yeah. that are in this thing. And, and the that guys and that girls from those things make this a very doable podcast for us. He's dropping Colin Crisp. <laughs> he's doc, He's dropping uh, Billy Tessio from Stand By Me. Yeah. He's dropping the voice actress... Lisa Simpson, he's dropping Large Marge, and he's, Dar- he's, he's dropping Darby's crew. Darby's crew. Uh, he's dropping Darby's crew from San Ar- San- Sons of Anarchy. Don't which forget. Drew and I yeah. uh, stupidly joke to ourselves about Dar- Darby's crew all the time. <laughs> Don't forget about, the police commissioner from yeah. Ghostbusters, too. Another that guy from that thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Drew and I are Sam Crow all the way. So yeah. we love Sons of, Sons of Anarchy, and uh, we love to hate Darby. Man, I remember watching that show when we lived together all the time. Love that show yeah. so much. And he closed out the email by saying, it's not an action movie, it has no body count, but it's so outrageous and over the top, it could have only been made when it was. It's earned its way into the hidden gems category for those who have seen it, 
Back when I was at the mercy of television programming, I'm flipping through the channels and Failure's Bueller's Day is off. Failure's Bueller's Day off is on and 3 o'clock higher on the same time. More often than not, he's going with 3 o'clock high. One's a classic and the other's not. As Josh Baskin once said, I don't get it. <laughs> Which, you know what? It may be a hot take and he hot taked it and I, I might I may lukewarm take it. Ferris Bueller's Day off? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> right? It's I fine. think if you saw it at the time, it's probably the best movie ever. I like yeah. it. I like it too, it's but not, it's all right. Yeah, I don't look, I don't I haven't seen Three O'Clock High, so I can't say whether it's better than this or not. Yeah, Ferris we'll Bueller's, but I don't disagree with you. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a good movie, but I think it does get a lot of a lot of hype. And it's because mm. it was iconic at the time. But as someone yeah. who didn't grow up watching it, I kind of think it's all right too. Like it's all right. Yeah. But I like I like that he said Jay, you weaved in the I don't get it. I really like yeah, that. I don't get it. <laughs> so, and the fact that that Colin Crisp is in this movie, mm. sign me up, man. Yeah, sign me uh, up. So yeah, Jay, thanks for writing in, and um, yeah, you convinced us. Um, it's time, and uh, it's always fun to do a movie that neither of us have seen and get fresh eyes on on an eighties movie. We'll tell you right away if it holds up because uh, we're not putting any nostalgic bias into it because it's the first time. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I had fun with this one. I know that yeah. it's not a traditional movie show, so apologies to everyone that was expecting that. But you know, we just wanted to get you guys something and still hang either, out virtually. It was either this or nothing. Yeah, we wanted so to we hang out your in your heads, eat your hang vegetables out in your ears and in your heads, mm. and and in your cars, wherever you guys are listening. Thank you to everybody that's been listening to us every two weeks. Thank you to everyone that wrote in an email. Thank you to everyone that left a. Apple Podcast Review, Podchaser Review, Spotify Review. Thank you all so much. The show wouldn't be anything without you guys. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, September 29th. If you want to send us an email, thelastworldpodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment on the episode's page at thelastworldpodcast.com. On this episode, tweet at us, write us on Instagram, at thelastworldpod, Facebook, at thelastworldpod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to be putting more stuff out there. I'll put a link in the description. You'll get that, and uh, we'll see you guys in, in two weeks. We'll see you. Well, do you think the people are listening to us in their beds? I would hope so. You know, what about you know, <laughs>